0: It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Brian Wallace on the Golden Knights radio network.
1: Welcome in to tonight's postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. The Vegas Golden Knights fall 3-1 to the Boston Bruins. Vegas 29 and 141 points on the year. Still first place in the Pacific Division. This one a tough one, though, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And to help us break this one down, we go back up to the radio booth and bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, and you know, Dan, the second time in, in seven days, six days that these two teams were playing, were you surprised
2: at the temperature in the first period? Not surprised at the temperature, no. that uh, That's what you'd expect from the two teams that represent their conferences top the standings, especially given that they saw each other Monday and there was uh, plenty of passion in that game in Boston and there's the whole Bruce Cassidy aspect to it, so you know that the Knights will have a a particular burr in their saddle to play for their coach, and the Bruins want to go and beat their old coach. So that was kind of built in on Monday, and then the way that things unfolded, and then you have uh, certain territorial, you know, um, sort of pride to uh, Knights 1 in Boston, and the Bruins want to win in Vegas, and each team representing its conference atop the standing. So there's all of that. I'm, I'm not surprised that the temperature was what it was today.
1: Now for the Golden Knights, obviously the the push in the second period by the Bruins get them back into the game, but I, I really liked how the Golden Knights on the heels of that strong penalty kill, the Ben Hutton penalty, how they took the game back over in the back half of that second
2: period. They did. The, the trouble is with that stretch and other recent stretches is that they're not scoring. Yeah. You know, they, uh, of course, scored the three goals in Boston. And if not for those three goals, you know, they wouldn't have gotten a point. Bruins come back tied at three before the Knights win it. Vegas had just one goal against the Rangers on Wednesday. One goal against the Flyers through regulation needed the overtime to get that second goal. And today they scored just one. Ryan, coming into the game today, Vegas had the lowest. Let me try that again. The second lowest home goals per game, 2.50. Only the Flyers had lower at two point four seven. Now I haven't done the math yet, but with only one goal today, the Knights may now have fallen into dead last for goals per game at home. And I mentioned this earlier in the broadcast. When at home, you know, on the other side of it, when they allow eight—excuse me, when they allow two goals or fewer, they're eight and zero. When they allow three goals or more, they're now zero and seven. It all kind of lines up in that when the Knights have won at home, it's because they have outscored the opponent. They have not won the low-scoring games here, and it, it, uh, it is a concern. I mean, this is by far the lowest goals per game at home in any of the first six Golden Knights season. Their best was 3.32 back in the inaugural season. But even last year, uh, which was their lowest, it was 3.15. Again, right now it's 2.50, and we'll go down with only one goal today. So they're, they're way below what they normally do at home, and that will need to change. I mean, again, just one goal against the Rangers on Wednesday, one goal in regulation against the Flyers on Friday, then they got one in overtime, which obviously does count, and then just one goal here today. So, in other words, three home games, and they total four goals. That's just not good enough. Now,
1: when you look at it right now for the Golden Knights, obviously with Jack Eichel, Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore missing tonight's game as well, uh, is it a personnel situation where you know you, you expect or hope to get healthier and think that that will kind of sort itself out, or is there something that Bruce Cassidy and the Golden Knights can do right now to to find a more consistent approach on the score sheet?
2: Yeah, they'll have to while there is no doubt that alex petrangelo and shea theodore would very much have an impact in boosting uh, the offense from the blue line not to mention jack eichel there's still plenty of talent uh, that ought to be creating more than just one goal here and don't get me wrong you know Linus Olmark was very good here he's best goalie in the league the bruins have uh, if you look at the goals against average number one in the league you know bruins number one offense in the league, et cetera. But it's not just today. It's it's that against yeah. the Flyers, who are just dr- dreadful in all sorts of ways that the Knights even had to go to overtime in that game. You know, the Rangers, you know, we talked all about the travel coming across the country and how that was perhaps an excuse. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's now, it, it's a trend through 15 games that for whatever reason, uh, they do not score as much as they need to on a regular basis here at home. And um, yeah, I is there, you know, something as it relates to a strategy or something as it relates to personnel or you change the lines possibly? I, I don't know. There's, uh you know, th- this is conversation, I guess, will go away for a couple of games because the Knights will go to Winnipeg and sure. go to Chicago and the Knights are so good on the road. But when they come back here on Saturday, uh, six days from now to play the Islanders, we're going to be having the same conversation. How come the Knights aren't scoring more at home? And I don't know that I have a great answer right now, but it's possible that uh, they'll have some other players back in their lineup by then.
1: Yeah, it, it certainly is possible. And for the Golden Knights, I think one area where you look at to kind of help you, assist you, buoy you in these situations where at five on five you're not finding goals is your power play. The Golden Knights do get a power play goal, but and they had some chances. They created some looks just unable to to finish on the power play. And I think that that's probably an area that Bruce Cassidy is going to pay particular attention to over the next couple of games.
2: You're right. And you know, prior to today, the Knights were 1 for 8 over their last three games, which goes back Flyers, Rangers, Boston. And here's the other part of it, Ryan. The the power play, while it has been average, I mean, it clearly has potential to do a lot more. I also wonder about the Knights coming up short offensively of late you know how much that impacts just some of the decision making you know William Carlson had an opportunity today where he you know just missed the net on a try from the right wing circle you know Riley Smith it's a crossbar while William Carrier ought to be the most confident goal scorer on the team right now he couldn't get it through on the great setup from Kolisar. you have the try from Manoff uh, that uh, that hits the post Uh, You had Ben Hutton on the breakaway coming out of the box. You know, there were chances here for the Knights, but it seems like when things are not going your way offensively, that those breaks, those close calls don't go your way, Uh, that it hits the post and goes out, that it goes off of a defender and wide. And, you know, there were uh, several plays like that today where it looked like the Knights could have had more than one goal. And sometimes it does take the confidence to go on a roll offensively before you start getting those goals to go for you.
1: All right, Dan, when you uh, take a look at this one, your, your final thoughts on this game before you turn your attention to Winnipeg.
2: I hope that this is not the last time the Knights and Bruins play this season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I, that was, listen,
1: as, as much as it's been a, a struggle for the Golden Knights to score, these two teams on the ice together it's high-level hockey, and it's it's one of the best games we've seen all season here at, at T-Mobile Arena.
2: Yeah, it is, and, you know, the, the Winnipeg Jets are next. We know that they're among the better teams in the Western Conference right now, the Jets and the Stars, started uh, start of the day, four points behind the Knights. Uh, then you look over in the Eastern Conference, the Bruins and the Devils are going back and forth there atop the standings. Vegas will see New Jersey in Newark in late January. So just when you see the top teams in the league go against one another, you just can't help but wonder if it's a preview of something you might see come springtime. But from what we saw Monday, um, and then again here today, you know, it it, um, it would be fantastic to see these these teams face off at a best of seven.
1: All right, fantastic stuff as always, Dan. Enjoy the rest of your night, and I'll chat with you on Tuesday. Thanks, Ryan. You too. Good night. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 3-1 loss to the Boston Bruins. The Golden Knights fall once again on home ice, 8-7 through 15 games here inside T-Mobile Arena. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
0: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace.
1: AAA Insurance post-game show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall 3-1 to the Boston Bruins. Vegas 29 and 141 points on the year. Tops in the Pacific Division, but this one is a, a tough one uh, when you factor in what the Golden Knights were going into the game with, or without, I suppose, in the lineup, With without Shea Theodore, without Jack Eichel, without Alex Petrangelo. You knew it was going to be a tough game, but then the Golden Knights, uh, just about three minutes into the second period, lose Zach white cloud for the remainder of the game the postgame injury report is brought to you by umc the exclusive hospital the vegas golden knights so no white cloud did not return to the game we hope to get an update on zach white cloud from bruce cassidy my my guess is uh more evaluation will be needed before there's any kind of determination on when zach might be back for the golden knights or, or you know all of that but you know for vegas i this is a tough one because without those players in the lineup you knew it was going to be top sledding for the golden knights but when you, you kind of factor in what we just talked about with dan duva the lack of scoring the lack of offensive punch at home for the golden knights of late the concern is certainly there that the chances are there and it's more of an execution situation than anything else you you look at the the golden knights tonight miramanov hits a post uh you get a, a post from riley smith like there were chances on the table for the golden knights and they just unable to put the puck in the back of the net and i thought their power play tonight was really good i thought it was really good you get a power play goal it's mark stone making a power move you you like to see that that's exactly what you want if you're the vegas golden knights but there were certainly other opportunities on the power play that should have resulted in a goal and that's really the tough one for me when it comes to uh you know looking at the vegas golden knights is it's not so much just the personnel like you understand the goals that are out of the lineup, the points that are out of the lineup, but the Golden Knights had chances tonight. They had chances to execute. They had chances to put the puck in the back of the net. Linus Olmark, you got to give him credit. The Bruins, they're a great defensive team, uh, but for the Golden Knights, they've got to sort out the ability to execute, the ability to finish those plays off when they're there in front of the Vegas Golden Knights. So a couple of things to look at, a couple of things to, to kind of get right when you go on the road against the Winnipeg Jets, but... For the Golden Knights tonight, they fall just short to the Boston Bruins. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go back to the first period, and without Shea Theodore, without Alex Petrangelo, Jack Eichel, the Golden Knights were going to have to take advantage of every opportunity they got. On the power play early in the game, the captain delivered to give Vegas
2: a 1-0 lead. One touch up top for Hutton. Looks right, passes left. Stevenson down low for Stonis, Stone dunking scores! Home. Mark Stone, his 10th of the year, gives Vegas a 1-0 lead, just 4 minutes into the game. The Knights strike first for the 20th time in 30 games this season, an NHL best. Mark Stone's
1: 10th goal of the year, a power play goal, just 4 minutes, 3 seconds into the first period, made it 1-0 Vegas, He assisted Chandler Stephenson and Ben Hutton. So we would head to the second period, and early on, the Bruins would push, and Logan Thompson had to make our AAA insurance save of the game.
2: Intercepts it in the right corner, swings it to the near corner. Pasternak whips it out. It's a chance all along. Straight in, Marchand stops. Thompson spinning to his right makes the save.
1: AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you out smart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA outsmart life. So that save right there from Logan Thompson preserved a 1-0 lead early in the second period, but the Bruins, as I mentioned, had a huge push to start the middle frame after a really long defensive zone shift. Patrice Bergeron tied the game with his 10th of the year.
2: Bruins win the draw. Clifton passes right into the middle. Bergeron scores! Top right corner. Patrice Bergeron scores his 10th. One, one tie, four minutes into the second period.
1: Can I get the feedback? Oh. uh, Patrice Bergeron's 10th of the year from David Pasternak and Connor Clifton at 3 minutes 54 seconds of the second period made it 1 to 1. So we'd head to the third period in a tie game. The Golden Knights had a glorious chance in transition to start the third period, but Linus Olmark came up with a save. Then the Bruins went down the ice with the odd man rush of their own, and Jake DeBrusque buried the go-ahead goal.
2: On Gryzlik's stick goes out to the Vegas side of the red line as Taylor Hall pokes it ahead. Hosternock in and a centering try. DeBrusque score. Jake Debrusque gives Boston the lead. A slow developing play. And Jake Debrusque scores his ninth of the season.
1: Jake DeBrusque, ninth of the year from Pavel Zaka and Taylor Hall at 2 minutes, 10 seconds of the third period, made it 2-1 to Boston. Then midway through the period, the Bruins went to work down low as the cycle set up Charlie Coyle's insurance marker.
2: Trying to get the whistle. And the puck goes in behind the goal. Over to the far side, Bruins still in the zone. A left wing shot, score! Charlie Coyle got the pass in the left circle. Let her rip and he beats Thompson. It's a three to one Boston lead.
1: Eighth goal of the year for Charlie Coyle. The assist to Derek Forbort, nine minutes, four seconds into the third period, made it three to one Boston. The Golden Knights would push back, but unable to find an equalizer, Logan Thompson would be pulled and all that was left was the, tr- was the final call.
2: Marcia so centered between Stevenson and Smith. Smith sends it hard right back through the slot untouched comes off the boards and out of the zone three seconds to go Hutton back to his own end that'll be it in vegas tonight final score boston three vegas one the Knights scored first the only goal in the opening period
1: there it is three to one the final score the boston bruins come back here to vegas and beat the golden knights On home ice, Vegas falls to twenty wins, nine losses, one extra, forty-one points on the year. Tops in the Pacific Division, still tops in the Western Conference. And for the Golden Knights, they're next in action on Tuesday at five o'clock against the Winnipeg Jets. Vegas going right back on the road, hoping to get their game right and hoping maybe to get a little bit healthier in the process. We're back with more on the Triple A Insurance post game show, presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
0: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace.
1: AAA Insurance postgame show, the Vegas Golden Knights. Fall to the Boston Bruins. 3-1, the final score. For Vegas, it was a valiant effort, and, and I like the effort from the Golden Knights. I, I know that there's going to be frustration for fans. I know that you know you look at a team that's 8-7 and seven on home ice, and You kind of lump in every single win, every single loss, all that stuff. You you, you kind of look at it from a trend, right? The Golden Knights aren't scoring enough at home. It's just a fact. They're just not scoring enough at home. They're not finding enough goals, enough offense to consistently pull two points on home ice. However, I don't view this game the same way that I look at, say, the New York Rangers game. I I don't look at it the same way as some of the other losses for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, you know, you go back to Vancouver, you go back to Seattle, it was was listless. There just wasn't much pushback. There wasn't much there for Vegas over the course of a 60-minute effort. The effort was here tonight for Vegas. It really was. The Golden Knights pushed back. They pushed hard. I didn't have any issue with how the Golden Knights played. I really didn't. Now, the problem is when you've had a stretch like vegas has over the last 6 or 7 games at home where you're just not consistently finding the result it, it almost doesn't really matter like what the effort was it doesn't matter if you weren't able to find a way to to come through if if you were playing shorthanded and then you lose another defenseman in the process like all of those things right don't necessarily matter in the grand scheme, especially not to to fans. Like, it is what it is. It's okay. I get it. But I don't fault the Golden Knights in this game. It was a tough ask going into it against this Boston Bruins team. Now, credit where credit's due. I thought Boston played a perfect game tonight on the road. Of course, you don't ever want to be trailing in a game. But the Berger Online got essentially everything that they wanted offensively. Like, there were... How many chances for Patrice Bergeron between the circles? Three, four, five. Bergeron, Marchand, they were really creating a lot of offense. They were creating some great looks. And for the Golden Knights, I think you kind of understand and expect that that's going to happen. When you are down Petrangelo and Theodore, your two best puck-moving defensemen, you're going to spend more time in your own zone. It's just going to happen. That is what happened to the Golden Knights tonight. Now, the other side of the coin is you've got to finish your opportunities. You've got to bury your chances. And, you know, the thing that, that is interesting with Vegas is that the looks were there. There was a play in the second period that Keegan Colisar made. And, and listen, this was puck protection at its absolute finest. Keegan Colisar, he gets a puck in the neutral zone. He puts it between his own legs, utilizes his body to shield off a defender, and then feathers a perfect pass to a streaking Will Carrier. It's a great save by Linus Olmark. But earlier on in the year, that puck goes in for Will Carrier. For whatever reason, the pucks aren't going in right now for the Golden Knights. Now, how do you adjust that? How do you find more offense if you're Bruce Cassidy? Outside of juggling the lines, I'm not really sure what you do. You go into Winnipeg. If Jack Eichel's not an option, if he's not available, I don't know that I want to move anything with Paul Cotter, Chandler Stevenson, and Mark Stone. I think the one thing I want to see more of from Chandler Stevenson is straight lines. A lot to the outside with Chandler. He's got the wheels to cut to, to turn the corner and go directly to the front of the net. And that's something that I'd like to see a little bit more of. I thought with Paul Cotter on that wing, you would see a little bit more straight line play from Chandler Stevenson. I think it's coming. I, I really do. But you've got to find a way to get that more consistently from those three guys. With, with Stevenson and Stone and Cotter, there's chemistry there. There's something brewing, but it's got to take a little bit more time. It was an off night to me for Jonathan Marchessault, William Carlson, and Riley Smith, which is interesting because they were so, so good in Boston. In fact, that line in particular in the third period against the Bruins, that was the line that turned the tide for the Golden Knights. That's the line for me that brought Vegas back into the fight and allowed them to get to overtime, to get to the shootout, to eventually win the game. So it was a, it was a bit surprising to me that that line didn't really have the type of game that I was looking for or expecting from them. I thought Phil Castle had some moments here and there. Logan Thompson was very, very good. Uh, I'm not going to pin this one on Logan Thompson in any way, shape, or form. He played a heck of a hockey game. Really pushed hard, made some brilliant saves. As I mentioned, Patrice Bergeron had three or four point-blank shots from between the circles and just one goal. So that means Logan Thompson was getting some really quality saves in this one. Uh, He just had to make too many, and and that's one of the things that Bruce Cassidy is going to talk about when it comes to his defense. Like You get into a situation where you ask your goalie to make one or two really brilliant saves over the course of 60 minutes. But for Logan Thompson, he had to make seven or eight tonight. And he wasn't able to get all of them. And, you know, again, you've got to give credit where credit's due. Pavel Zaka, the pass that he made to Jake DeBrusk was next level. And the way that play kind of breaks down, you've got Daniil Mirmanov trying to make a play in the neutral zone. Goes up against the wall. Taylor Hall just makes a play. He's able to free the puck, get it to Pavel Zaka. Zaka comes in. It's a two-on-one, slow developing. Jake DeBrusk goes hard to the back post. Alec Martinez goes down, and the pass from Zaka is perfect. He waits, and he waits, and he waits, and allows Alec Martinez to open up at the last second, and that is just the window Zaka needs to lift the puck over Martinez, and it falls perfectly on the blade for Jake Dabrowski. Those are elite plays from elite players, and it's not really that surprising that the Boston Bruins are where they are. It's not surprising to me that the Boston Bruins are the best team in the Eastern Conference. They have been so good at making those types of plays. And I think coming into this game hot, right? Getting the Golden Knights into scrums early on in the first period, really pushing back physically within this game was was the smart play for the Bruins. And they did that, and they did it so, so well. So... You kind of take all of those things into account. You factor everything that, that happened tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. And there's some good, there's some bad. There's some positives. There's some negatives. You drop another game on home ice like that is a negative to me. Obviously, you you, you don't you don't want to concede points anymore on home ice, especially when you're you're in a position right now where you know you're dropping games and your, your record isn't where you want it to be. So for the Golden Knights, the good. They battled hard. They pushed back. They were able to find a way to deal with Zach Whitecloud's injury. And you know what? It's just one of those games where you're undermanned, you lose another guy on your back end, and you've got to try to find a way to get two points. The Golden Knights were unable to do it tonight. We're back to wrap it up next on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
0: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Postgame Show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace.
1: AAA Insurance Postgame Show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the Boston Bruins 3-1, the final score. Golden Knights 29 and 141 points on the year tops in the Pacific Division take their game on the road to winnipeg tuesday night five o'clock puck drop four o'clock pregame show tonight's game recap is brought to you by universal windows and solar golden Knights score a power play goal early things are trending in the right direction however the bruins push back at the beginning of the second period they get the equalizer and then kind of take the game over the first five to ten minutes of the third period the golden Knights struggles to score on home ice continue and the Golden Knights lose another player over the course of this game. Zach Whitecloud went down in the second period, did not return to the game. More evaluation needed before there's any determination on when Zach will be able to play again. That's going to do it for us here on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next, presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
0: It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at
1: 702-876-1340.
0: Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace.
1: Hey, extended post-game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, the Golden Knights fall, 3-1 to the Boston Bruins. Vegas now 8-7 and on home ice. So not ideal when it comes to their win percentage on home ice i I still think it's going to turn around i I don't think that this is what the golden knights are on home ice i think that there are circumstances certainly pushing you in this direction but that all being said you're not looking for moral victories you're looking for actual victories and for the golden knights uh, unable to find two points tonight against the boston bruins 702-876-1340 is the number 702 876-1340. It's your post-game show. I am curious to see where you want to go here. I mean, for a Golden Knights team last year that really really had injury issues, all of a sudden it feels like it's starting to creep up once again for the Golden Knights. All of a sudden it feels like Vegas can't get through one game without another player exiting that game and being unavailable. Now it's Shay theodore and zach whitecloud so for the golden knights i, I do want to know if i want to know if injuries are are kind of creeping in for you as a concern for the golden knights moving forward 702-876-1340 is the number 702-876-1340 let's head out to the phone lines bring in mike hey mike how you doing
3: well, it is concerning, and as Dan Duva said, and I second the emotion. Well, let's play Boston again in June and see what happens. That would be fantastic. But first things first, we got to get there. And right now, uh, it is a situation where half of the defensive core may be missing mm-hmm. on the road trip, yep. and you know, and your best player offensively is also questionable on that. Any game in that trip, Winnipeg and and uh, Chicago. So we go from the fire pan to the fire, and we play the best team in the West uh, day after tomorrow. Now the the thing is, I've seen the triumphant sit much longer, and that, that when I say that, that's Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee and Bill Foley. They sit up in the perch at uh, at City National much longer than I've seen them do so in the past. Analyzing the last vestiges of practice. So my question is, who is the next man up? Who do we poss- Do we trade or do is there somebody in Henderson?
1: Yeah, I I don't think you want to make a trade right now. And, and I know we've kind of had this this dialogue before. I think what you want is to assess what your needs are when your team's at full strength. Now, I, I recognize that can be a tricky proposition for you know, a Golden Knights fan base that I, I think is still a little bit shell-shocked from last year and, and never actually getting to a point where you had a full, healthy roster. So I don't think a trade is the, is the spot right now for the Golden Knights. What I'm thinking you're looking for is more contributions from Paul Cotter, you're looking for someone to make an impact on your third line, right? You probably want more production out of William Carlson and Riley Smith. Like, the guys that are there in your top six, those are the ones that are going to have to make a play. Now, on the blue line, if Zach Whitecloud's unavailable, you're looking at Caden Korzak would be my guess. That would be the next guy up on the blue line. Up front, you can maybe give a look, I think, to Zachary Manon, and that would be a player that I think gets a, a look because... He's an older, more mature player. He does have um, a responsibility in his game that I think would would lend itself well to Bruce Cassidy's system. But he's got to play down the middle. So if you're, you know, if you're trying to maybe get a little bit more offense or infuse something into your third line, maybe over a Jake LeCision, then Zachary Mann and it might be the guy that that makes some sense. But if you're looking on the wing in, in place of Mike Madio, it's going to be Jonas Rombierk.
3: Uh, That is insightful, because I liked uh, Manon in uh, September. Really liked what he brought to the table. Let's see, maybe, if he could make a difference on the big uh, club. The other thing, and I've talked of this before, and this is the only other thing I want to comment on, is every coach has a perception of when to pull the goalie. And I know I must have yelled at the screen for two minutes tonight, Wondering when Logan would head to the bench. You got you got the best goalie in the, in existence on the other side. How are we going to score two goals in two minutes and twenty one seconds?
1: Yeah, Logan was was creeping out a lot earlier than that, Mike. And, and thank you for the call. About three and a half minutes was really when Logan started to to creep out initially. But the Bruins made a play. They took the puck back over. They spent some time in the Golden Knights zone. And you're not going to pull your goaltender when the opposition has control of the puck in the offensive zone. So uh, it was kind of a a situation where the Golden Knights couldn't keep the puck down low in Boston's zone. And that cost them about 45 seconds to a minute uh, in available time to have Logan Thompson off the ice with the extra attacker. So uh, it was one of those situations where I, I think... Bruce Cassidy certainly wanted more time to work with. You just you didn't get it because the Bruins made some plays, and, and that goes into why that team is very good at protecting leads and why they're such a good defensive team as well. Thanks for the call, Mike. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Cameron. Hey, Cameron, how you doing?
4: Oh, I'm doing all right, Ryan. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, like every other Knights fan, uh, our heart broke a little bit when... White Cloud went down, and it's not even the fact that he went down. It's how bad he went down, how bad the injury looked. Mm. Uh, hoping the best for him, but uh, definitely not what we need when, you know, Shea Theodore goes out late in the game. Heartbroke a little bit then, too. Mm. Um, I think that uh, I've been listening to the show for a while, and you guys talk about games that, you know, we need to win, playing teams like, like the game on friday against philadelphia that's that's one that we needed to win the fact that it was that close was a little concerning but it, it's uh um like you were saying you know you want to see them score more on home ice uh and i think that um uh, you know i i as well was a little disappointed by the uh output offensively of the misfit line tonight i thought that uh I did think that, uh, in particular, uh, Carlson looked really good on the penalty kill. Uh, he, I would say that he probably saved a good goal there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that uh, going up against, like you said, the best uh, team in the Eastern Conference, I uh, can't be too disappointed in how we played tonight. Uh, of course, you know, scoring, I, I hope that that picks up. But, yeah. Uh, um, I think that keeping Stevenson with uh, Cotter and Stone was a good idea. I Mm -hmm. thought that uh, uh, Kessel had a little bit more jump tonight and uh, had a couple uh, more significant chances, you know, and so I hope that uh, that keeps up. But, uh, yeah, I I really don't know uh, uh, what we're going to do defensively. I feel like we went from having one of the best uh, defensive cores in the whole league to now we're kind of slipping down there with, Petro and Theo gone, so uh, um, not really sure where that's going to go.
1: Yeah, you know what, Cameron? I I think that you know again we're we're hopeful, right? That you're going to get some news on Shea Theodore or Zach Whitecloud in the next couple of days. And thank you for the call. Um, If you end up going into Winnipeg without Petrangelo, without Theodore, and without Whitecloud, that's your entire right side of your defense, like. One, two, and three. So that being said, I think Caden Korzak is the guy that comes up, and you're going to have to get more out of Nick Hague. You're going to have to get more out of Ben Hutton, who I think played his best game of the season for the Golden Knights tonight. I thought he was really, really good. Ben Hutton was. Um, honestly, I thought he would score a goal. Like the the play that Mark Stone made to get Ben Hutton out of the penalty box on that breakaway. That's a phenomenal save from Linus Olmark, perhaps his best, because he hadn't seen too much action up to that point in the second period, and Ben Hutton just came out like a rocket. Now, um, you know, you, you, you get Caden Korczak in the lineup, you, you, you put Daniil Miramanov potentially with uh, Braden McNabb, and I think that's what you're going to look at for the Vegas Golden Knights on the back end. Is it ideal? No. But good teams are going to have to find a way to adapt and then overcome those setbacks and those situations. And right now, for the Golden Knights, injuries are part of their story, just like they were last season. 702 Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty is the number if you'd like to join us here on the extended post game show. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Bethany. Hey, Bethany, how you doing? I'm
5: sorry, I should enunciate better. It's Stephanie. Oh um, boy. I'm doing okay. I'm gonna how blame are you doing, that one on,
1: I'm gonna blame that one on Justice. To be honest with you, um, I. I thought I, I thought it was you, and I was just going to like not, not say what was texted to me, and then I, I decided to go with it anyway. But hey, Stephanie, how are you doing?
5: I'm I like I said I'm doing okay. Um, honestly, this game went better than you know could be expected when you look at who was missing from the lineup, and then on top of that, to lose White Cloud mid game, it's only let in three goals when over half the game you're down. Half your defensive core is. You know, that's something for the defensemen that were out there um it I, I thought they fought hard, right? I don't think that they just rolled over and mm. let Boston get this win. They were fighting for it. It wasn't a blowout like could have happened yeah um you know it, it's just one that you have to move on I mean this is one of the best teams in the league, and they're they're good so and they came off they were coming of. Off, of course, the, the loss against the Coyotes that I'm sure made them quite angry. And before I forget, please drive home safe because
1: the weather is crazy and people are crazy. All right, fantastic. Thanks so much, Stephanie, for the call. Um, I, I'm with you. Uh, you can you can be upset that, that the result didn't go in the Golden Knights' favor. Uh, I don't think that you can be upset with the game that the Golden Knights played. Uh, they hung in there, in my opinion with the best team in the league that is what i view the boston bruins as and for those that keep up with me you know that i don't necessarily have or didn't have coming into this season the highest hopes for the boston bruins i just didn't that all being said they were really really good and have been really really good over the over the course of the first 28 games of the year i'll say this for the golden knights they pushed incredibly hard this was a very spirited game and a very good game on both sides there were chances all over the ice all you needed from vegas were was a couple of plays to break their way early on in the year they were getting them right now they're not getting them and they've got to find a way to get that magic back through 60 minutes 702-876-1340 is number it's the extended post game show if you disagree right like if you think that the golden knights just didn't play a good game tonight uh, call in because like i'm seeing a lot of that on twitter i'm seeing a lot of oh, i didn't bring it didn't have it not good enough tell me what you would have changed tell me what the golden knights should have done differently in a game without alex petrangelo without shea theodore without jack eichel and losing zach whitecloud three minutes into the second period against the best one of the best offensive teams in the league and one of the best defensive teams in the league. That's what I want to hear next 876 1340 is the number. We're back with more on the extended post game show Fox Sports Las Vegas
0: back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights
1: postgame show here's Ryan Wallace the extended post game show Fox Sports Las Vegas the Golden Knights fall to the Boston Bruins three to one the final score here. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. It's the extended post game show. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Jill. Hey Jill, how you doing?
6: I'm well. How are you? Can you hear me? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you.
6: Okay, sorry. I'm in my car driving home from the game. So I think you do a great job. Your coverage is really impeccable. Um, I love how positive you are, but also very realistic. Mm. And being at the game and watching the spirit on the bench, it was really rough to see nobody like especially in the third period, pepping each other up. Um, And as far as the play goes, and I know a lot of people are being critical, and I agree with you, I think they played a really good game. Mm. But they also, I really wish, I wish this from season one, would do more to clear the lane so the guys would have space to shoot, and Boston was just not allowing that to happen. They were on top of all of our guys so intently. It was really, um, literally frustrating for them, but they still tried to play through it, and they still tried to find things. Like... I just don't know what, what your perspective would be on, you know, how do they get that message? Like, they can't do the fancy passes and the twirl arounds like Riley did in third period, and mm-hmm. there's just not space for it, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Jill. I, I think that there's there's certainly an aspect of, of playing a little bit more direct that the Golden Knights need to instill on home ice. I think that's why they've been – so successful on the road is that they they don't yeah. make those fancy plays they they t- put pucks behind defenses they go back and get it in the corner and then when they have a lane they pull it off the wall and go to the front of the net so uh, like i'm yeah. with you i think tonight you know the boston bruins they're they're a top five defensive team for a reason right they clear the front of the net right. they're, they're they're really good at allowing their okay. goaltenders to see that first shot and generally they're boxing out the rebound so i i think that it was maybe more Boston doing the things that they do best to the Vegas Golden Knights. But I'm with you in that Vegas has to simplify their attack offensively, especially on home ice.
6: Yeah. I just really want everybody to rewatch that second goal from Boston and how they just, they Mm. stayed at the net. They kept shooting. They kept, the passes were very minimal and they were short and tight because we didn't give them a lot of space either, which was great to see, you know, especially with poor Zach being gone. Like, wishing him the best. I think everyone is, but, um, even with injuries and everything else happening, mm. there's still a lot of talent that we have. I wish our coach would engage with them, but I'm sure he does his own version of that. But, you know, watching the Boston bench, the coaches were very engaged, play by play, like very much talking. And, you know, as a spectator, it is appears that he's not really engaging with the guys. And I'm sure he is and mm. his secret fade away. <laughs> but, um, it's just kind of a bummer to see Logan skate back to the bench and be really disappointed in himself. I'm sure nobody's harder on him than he is. And there was nobody like, you know, squirting water down his back or just, you know, (laughs) Hey, let's go. You know, maybe it's the mom and me. I just want to see a little bit more spirit, you know, pumping them up because they get down so visibly.
1: Yeah. You know what, Jill, thank you for the call. I I really appreciate it. Some great insights there. And uh, hopefully you you do give us a call again. Um, I, I think that it's tough, right? Like if, if I were to project what I think is going on, I I think for a lot of golden Knights, when you factor in what they went through from an injury perspective last year to have consecutive games now where you lose a defenseman and an important one at that, well, with Shea Theodore against Philadelphia. And now this one with, with Zach Whitecloud today, I think that just mentally that's, that's taxing. It's hard. And you know, when you start to feel a game maybe slip away from you, it's it's a little bit more difficult to kind of get yourself right back into it. I, I agree with, you know, most of your points, and and I do think that for the Golden Knights, getting out on the road again is the best thing for them. But more than any of that, I think just getting a little bit healthier would be would be great for the Golden Knights. So hopefully, we'll get some type of an update on Shea Theodore and Zach Whitecloud in the coming days. Let's head back out of the phone lines. Bring in John. Hey, John, how you doing?
7: Hey, so. I, I'm maybe anti what you're saying because halfway through the second period, we only had five shots. Mm-hmm. We, we are a team made up of more than just Michael on offense. Uh, those guys that are getting paid $5 million need to step up. The Misfit line needs to start scoring. The guys that are getting paid to play need to step their games up. Uh, yeah. And I agree with your last caller. Mm-hmm. I don't see that team like it was the first couple seasons. I see a bunch of individuals out there,
1: and I, I don't. I... I don't know that I agree with the the bunch of individuals. I think you are seeing guys trying to make a play, um, and yeah. I I don't know. Did you have that sentiment that they weren't playing like a team when they were thirteen and two to start the year?
7: Yes, I did. Actually, I did. I mean, really, I, I remember. Uh, like I said, I am going back to season one where it seemed like oh. it was more bonded.
1: Yeah, I am not. I am not and... talking about season one. I am talking about this year. At 13-2, yeah. and two after the big win in Buffalo, did you, did you get the sense that they weren't a team?
7: Yes, I, I did. I did. I didn't see that bonding and the camaraderie, just like she was talking about earlier. And I think Gallant was able to foster that kind of um, locker room. But I, I'm not seeing it like I used to, even when they were winning.
1: Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with that, John, and, and thank you for the call. I, I think that if you go back to the game in Buffalo, the Golden Knights absolutely went nuts when Jack Eichel got an assist in that game. They went nuts for an assist because they knew how much that game meant to Jack Eichel. They were selling out in that game for Jack Eichel. You go back six days ago. 6 days ago to Bruce Cassidy making his return to Boston and the emotion that that team had when Logan Thompson went absolutely bananas in the shootout and Riley Smith wins the game I I don't buy that they're not a team that they're not as together or playing for one another as they were year 1 I think it's time and this might be unpopular I think it's time to take year 1 and just set it aside this isn't the same team. It's not going to be the same team moving forward. I, I just got to say it. Like, Gerard Gallant's not the coach anymore. Bruce Cassidy is. And Bruce Cassidy has pushed this team right now to 20 wins in their first 30 games. I'll take that all day long. This one's a tough one, but it was going to be tough without three of your best players in Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo and Jack Eichel, and I know they came up short, and I know that's frustrating, but I don't think it's because they're not together. I don't think it's because Bruce isn't rah-rah on the bench. I just think the Boston Bruins are a really, really good hockey team. They've won 22 games for a reason. You're not going to win all 82. This happened to be one where the Golden Knights just didn't find a way, and more often than not this year, they found a way. We're back with more on the extended post game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas.